Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, and this is the Pathway to Happiness. This is my Awareness and Consciousness podcast audio, and today's topic is about love relationships. It's kind of funny to discuss relationships here, because I usually have a format where you've got at least two hours, or I've got four hours, or I've got weekend, and we can create a whole new paradigm doesn't mean that that person's going to have a new paradigm the next day, but for a period there, perhaps a person has a new way to see themselves in relationships. That's with more love and respect and happiness potential. And instead, I'm probably going to try and do these podcasts in about 30 minutes. So good luck to me. And there's so many places to go with this topic. When I first got into personal development work, It was because I had my relationship crash and I was disillusioned. I was hurt. I was in pain. And I'm like, I have to figure these things called relationships out. I can't do it on automatic pilot with my same belief system and structures and things I learned to believe as a kid. Because as an adult, those paradigms don't work. They don't work the way I thought they did. So that's the benefit of disillusionment and heartbreak is that Sometimes they inspire us to seek the truth, or perhaps it's not the truth. Perhaps it's a better paradigm, a different way of looking at things, a different way of interacting in relationship that is with more respect and more clarity and awareness. So you minimize or even eliminate that opportunity for heartbreak and disillusionment. You're aware of the person you're getting involved with. You know what your needs are. You know what you want. You know what you don't want. And you're able to read people a lot more clearly. Is this person a good match for me? And that's the question I want to address today is some signals on, is a person a good match for you? And I'm not going to get through all of the material today, but we'll cover a couple items. Uh, just so you know, there is a great deal more material on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. Aside from the numerous articles there and some other audio that's not in the podcast, there's a great deal of information for a person who wants to take this out of the theoretical and actually take action in transforming themselves and changing the way they look at themselves in the world and getting mastery over their emotions so they're not living in emotional reactions. That materials are part of the audio course on my website. Back to relationships. The place I want to begin in relationships is really the birth of the inspiration for why we invest so much into our relationships and why they become of huge importance in our life and sometimes even overly important that cause us to react out of proportion with what's actually going on. And that can be jealousy or insecurity can manifest in those types of feelings and behaviors. The place I want to start is with desire. The nature of desire that we have to express and experience in a multitude of dimensions. Then, and so many of those dimensions can be experienced in a personal relationship. So if you're game, I'd like to introduce you to an experience so it's a little more meaningful and impactful learning-wise instead of just 
me talking about desire. And so I want you to put your attention on your breath. We'll take about two minutes here. And notice your breath. Become very aware of how your lungs feel. And for the duration of this exercise, keep your attention focused on your breath and how your lungs feel. And when it changes and how it changes. What is the sensation? And then the next step is I want you to exhale all the air out of your lungs until they are completely empty. And then inhale. Inhale until your lungs are completely full. Inhale some more until they're completely full. And hold your breath. And notice the sensation in your lungs. Hold it until you absolutely can't hold it anymore. Until there's a burning sensation. Almost painful. And then when you finally let it go, notice the feeling of exhaling. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to just satisfy the needs of the body to breathe. Normally I've had people do this for a while and hold your breath on the exhale until you feel that deep yearning, that aching in the body to inhale. And then in satisfying that yearning is again a pleasure. This sense of pleasure is the basic feeling we have when we satisfy the needs of life. The sensation in the body to just satisfy that need of life is pleasure. And when we withhold our breath, exhale or inhale, we're stagnant. There's at first a tension that builds, a discomfort, and it grows. And it grows until it starts to become a desire, then a yearning, and then a yearning so strong, it's like an ache. We ache to breathe. It's not painful is something that's important to notice. That yearning, that aching of the lungs is so strong, but it's not painful. That's different than a pain. Our mind might distort it and say it's pain, but it has a different sensational quality. I'll just call it an ache. And the reason I differentiate the two is because that ache has an incredible desire behind it, a yearning so strong, whereas a pain doesn't have that desire, doesn't have that deep need for expression or action that can satisfy it. That's a difference. The need to satisfy these aching desires is often where relationships begin. This innate desire from a physical level, as a physical body that creates and procreates sexually, that desire can be an aching desire. 
And when I talk about physical desires, we can even break that down into two forms. There's the sexual desire to express sexually, and there's also the desire for physical connection. That's just physical affection, holding hands, touching, kissing, hugging. There's a great pleasure in expressing and experiencing that purely physical bodily pleasure, just touching. Physical intimacy without sex. They're two separate versions. Emotionally, our heart can ache. Our desire to love, to experience love, to express love, to feel love can be so strong that it's like an ache. Not painful. An ache to feel that experience that we yearn for. Some people take that ache and they direct it towards God and say, I'm searching for God, I'm searching for the divine. And they believe that will satisfy that yearning. Some people direct it and say, I'm lonely. It's painful to be lonely. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. They associate that aching of holding their breath or holding back their love and not experiencing that which they desire. Society is flush full of all the input telling us that our relationship, our soulmate, true love, our match.com partner, will be the one, the answer that satisfies that aching and yearning. That's the story our mind gets from little boy, little girl days, reading stories of Snow White, Cinderella, Prince Charming, that all of our yearnings, all of our achings, those desires are satisfied when that right person shows up, when Mr. Right or Ms. Right shows up. That's the program that gets planted in the mind, can create a lot of confusion, distortion, and a setup for heartbreak. We can experience that aching in different levels. Let's just talk about two. Let's talk about the physical, sexual desire. And we'll talk about the emotional desire. The soul's need to experience love. I'm not saying that a relationship can't be a vehicle for expressing all that love and breathing life into our experience in this world. However, the mind limits it to that being the only possibility or a limited possibility and then puts on it exactly the criteria that it's supposed to look like for that to come true. And that starts to be a very limiting paradigm for expressing love, for satisfying these desires. The reason I bring this forward is to understand there's the desire and then there's the mind's construct of what will satisfy that desire. And they don't always necessarily match up. It's the mind's assumption about what will satisfy that desire or who that person is that will satisfy that desire to get us out of this yearning, aching feeling that's uncomfortable. With this input from society that tells our mind these are how your desires will be met, this is how your aching will finally find its solution. 
our mind tells us the answer to our aching, the answer to our uncomfortableness will come in the form of a single person. And when you find that person, you're going to fall in love and live happily ever after. And this is more the story the women get. Men are actually too busy playing with balls, toys, and tinkering in cars to get that kind of story. They're more satisfying their desire out of winning, that euphoria. Totally different program. But they still feel the aching for a relationship. They'll have it wired differently, and each person will have it wiredly different in the mind what the answer will be. So we go about our life. We fall in love. Maybe we're 10 years old. Maybe it's a dog. Maybe the first person we really love is our grandmother. Wherever we decide there's a great love, and then, because whatever reason, grandma dies, passes away, a dog passes away, the relationship falls apart. Now, the mechanism by which we're able to express all that love is no longer there. And our mind, because they're no longer there, it's like our mind says, stop breathing, hold it. And that hurts. You know, you hold your breath long enough, hold your love back long enough. It builds up an ache. It's uncomfortable compared to the ecstasy of breathing love. Holding it back hurts. Of course, now the mind makes a distortion and say, it's that other person's fault. They broke my heart. They weren't who I thought they were. And now we blame them for the pain. That's another side of the story. And we have all the reasons to not love them, but that means not breathing on our part, not exhaling, not inhaling. And when I talk about stopping the love, it looks like, okay, the other option is, okay, continue to love them. Yes, but understand, loving them doesn't mean you need to meet with them, doesn't mean you need to agree with them, doesn't mean you need to talk with them. You can have kindness, you can have compassion, or basically indifference is a whole lot easier to breathe with than hate, anger, and blame. For your part. They are who they are, they do what they do. And loving them or accepting them at a minimum at least relieves you of the burden of poison and judgment that you carry around. Doesn't mean you need to be friends or even talk with them. But you can shift the emotion you feel about them just for your own benefit, not for them. So now we go about our lives. Next relationship comes along. And there's a desire to love. But there's also the memory. If I love, I will get hurt. Because look what happened the last time. If I love, I will get hurt. No, if you don't breathe, you're going to ache. But the mind has a different interpretation. It's not the love that hurts. It's building up an expectation. Creating a whole picture image story in your mind of what your future is going to be. And then having someone take a pin and bursting that bubble. 
the shattering of that illusion of what your expectations were, of what a soulmate and where your future would go, the shattering of that, that can hurt. Expressing love or being in love doesn't hurt. Expressing love, being in love, is not a painful experience. Shattering of our illusions, not so enjoyable. But our illusions shatter, and we say it's love that hurts. Love is painful. I'm afraid to love, because I just get hurt. Love's not the enemy here. The set-up expectations in our mind that don't turn out the way we thought. The person that we're with, in reality being somebody different than who we thought they were, and a disappointment, unmet expectations. They're not who we thought they were, betrayal. The shattering of those stories and those images in our mind of who we expect people to be, what we expect them to act like, the shattering of those images in the mind that we have invested a lot of faith and belief in, when they turn out not to be true, we realize that we believe lies, and the shattering of those lies hurts. Some people say the truth hurts. It's not the truth that hurts. If we didn't have any illusion, there would be nothing to burst and there would be no pain. Saying that the truth hurts is like having a splinter. And you go to take it out with the tweezers. And you say, oh, the tweezers hurts. No. The illusion about our relationships. That's the splinter. And the tweezers is the truth. And we pluck it out. Yeah, and as it comes out, it can hurt a little more than if it were just in there. But over days and weeks and months, you know, the built-up pain and annoyance of having a splinter there is going to be a lot more painful than that one moment of sliding it out. Some people prefer to live with splinters of lies and illusions. Personally, I like the tweezers approach. As fast as possible. Anyhow. So we build up these stories about what relationship is, expectations, heartbreak. The solution to heartbreak is to love somebody, fall in love again. But maybe we still play the same image games in our minds. Still afraid to love. And so in that fear to love, it's like holding our breath or partially holding our breath in our relationship. Our fear of being hurt causes us to hesitate. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to love courageously, fully, and not let our mind run whole stories of expectations about what it means, who they are, where it's going, invest in that whole story. Because we learned that we got to be safe to love. It has to be safe to love. It's best to be clear about the details on these things, because frankly, the devil is in the details here. It's where all the illusion is. Getting clarity helped keep all the pain out. Let's talk about another interesting dynamic that happens. When we have the paradigm that I'm going to meet my soulmate and this is the person I'm going to love fully and they're going to be the answer to all my happiness. 
You know what that does? It kind of closes down the criteria about who and where and how much love we can express in our life. There's not anything in that scenario about being fully in love with ourselves. It diminishes the side of being in love with family and nature and friends and freely expressing your emotion to them. It kind of limits the number of channels you can express love to. Therefore, it limits your happiness in life. If you're holding out for that one person, that one special soulmate, go for the soulmate. But don't lower or diminish the amount of love you send in the other channel. So here's one possible scenario in the nature of these kinds of paradigms when we set up our mind to operate by this solution to answer our yearning and desire. Sex has within it the incredible experience of creating love. I'm talking about the emotional love. Maybe why they call it making love. I don't know. I wasn't around when they coined that term. People refer to having sex as making love. Much more women than men. And this dynamic, usually more particular to women, is when they have sex, that physical pleasure, just like any physical pleasure, elicits the creation of the emotion of love. It's not just a physical pleasure, but that physical, anything, anything that we experience as a pleasure, a physical pleasure, just seeing something beautiful, hearing a symphony, can inspire us to create the emotion of love. It's the natural response of our emotional body. Now, when you experience something exquisite, like the pleasure of making love, you are going to produce a whole incredible amount of emotion of love. Just by the nature of the physical experience. For guys, maybe not so much. The more they're the re repressed, but the more they open up emotionally, the more the experience of lovemaking becomes an incredible emotional experience as well. So a woman or a man has sex with a partner, experiences great pleasure, and by having that intense physical pleasure, their emotional body produces love, which now makes it an emotional experience. And the mind says, because it's been programmed to look for a soulmate, to look for the one, says, I'm in love. This is the one for me. The mind starts drawing that conclusion based on the programming that says, if you fall in love with someone, they're your soulmate. That's the one for you. Of course, you may not know this person very well. And the love may not be authentic love so much heart to heart as it is just sexually inspired. But now the relationship is connected on three levels. There's a physical connection that's satisfying that desire and yearning. There's the emotional connection that says, ah, we're satisfying that desire and yearning. Now there's a third level of connection. We're satisfying the agreements in the mind. And the agreements in the mind say he or she is the right one. Now the agreements in the mind aren't really authentic desires like a physical desire or emotional desire. But they're the kind of agreements we have and we look for particular things to fit. And when the sexual chemistry lines up, 
and there's emotion, the mind says it's a fit. And then what the mind starts to do is take all our picture of the perfect soulmate and start painting it over this person. And we assume that because we have an emotional experience with this person, because we have a sexual experience with this person, that they're the soulmate, that they are Mr. Right or Ms. Right. And the mind starts taking all of those stories that we invested in about what our life will be like happily ever after and assuming that this person is going to meet all that criteria. Uh-oh. Because we may not have gotten to know them very well yet. And it may turn out they didn't have the emotional experience that we had. They didn't make the emotional connection in the same way. And their mind didn't create that projection of this experience emotionally and sexually means this. Our minds have just put the assumption in, but theirs didn't. Now, now we have a total setup for disappointment and heartbreak. Because we haven't managed how our mind has been putting agreements and expectations based on the emotional inspiration, which happened as a result of the sexual experience. So if we look at the chain of events, the sexual experience elicits the emotional experience, and the mind observes the emotional experience and takes that as a sign to mean a whole lot of other expectations and plans now fit the bill. Therefore, this is the person. But we haven't got to know him yet. We haven't got to know him yet, inside and out. What do they like day to day? But we have satisfied our yearning. We have satisfied our yearning at a physical level, sexually. And now the mind runs or gets dragged along with the emotion to make sense of it. This is how a lot of relationships get started. This is how a lot of relationships operate in multiple dimensions. And people assume that the experience they have, sexually, emotionally, and the agreements they have in their mind about this person, are the same experience sexually, emotionally, and agreements in the mind that the other person has. And just in general, a woman's going to experience sex much more emotionally than a man. And for the men out there, from my experience, you're missing a lot. You are missing a lot. There's a story that you don't want to get carried away with your emotions and that sort of thing. Men hang on to their logic. But you can hang on to your logic and experience the depth of emotion. It's beautiful. Women, on the other hand, are more inclined to take that emotional experience and build an entire structured story of illusion. And when they find out that the man doesn't see it the same way, Disappointment, betrayal, 
they find out that the reality of life is he doesn't interpret it the same way. And the shattering of that illusion can hurt. You can eliminate all that pain when you pay attention to the stories we build in our mind and recognize our role in that half of expectation and investing in an imagined future and imagined person. Because as much as you got to pay attention to the physical yearning and satisfy it and satisfy the desire of the emotion to love, you also have to manage the mind. You have to manage the mind and all its stories and all its voices in there to keep them straight and keep them in check so you don't believe things that aren't true. This has been some food for thought in how to pay attention to relationships and break down some of the different elements here with particular attention to understanding some of the various desires and yearnings that we look to express in relationship and needs that we look to have met through relationships. Because it's important to understand our desires, our yearnings, and where they're coming from, and then how the mind starts to categorize and come up with the criteria by which they will be met, or the illusion that the mind has about how they're met. It's important we understand this and become aware of these aspects so that we might avoid heartache and illusion and pain in the future. And just to understand the way I see relationships, there's three basic levels to count the big ones for looking at intimate relationships to ask yourself, okay, how does it work physically? Is this satisfying and beautiful in a physical, intimate way? Affectionate, touching. And if it's not, maybe you're best off being friends. Is it satisfying emotionally? What's the quality of emotion in the relationship? And if it's not kind and loving, then to question why you're there. And whose half is it that's not enjoyable? That can be challenging to discern. And the third portion to manage is the agreements in the mind. How well do you get along? And the critical part of that is, is there respect? And not just respect, oh yes, I respect him, I respect her. No, respect to the degree that there's admiration. You really admire that person. That factor of admiration is one of the key factors for sustaining a long-term relationship. And I will talk about that in a future podcast. And if you're more serious about exploring your thoughts, beliefs, emotions, and those dynamics, and making changes in those areas, really getting down to the core beliefs which drive the whole thing, please check out my self-mastery course on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. The first few sessions there are free. Try it and see if those exercises are, are practical and effective for you. And there's also my book, MindWorks, the very practical exercises and a very in-depth explanation of how to address 
these very issues as well. Thank you very much. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com.